Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com. Hey, Light Church, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We are doing something a little bit different today. I've invited two of my really good friends uh, to be a part of uh, the message today, which is going to be a little bit more of an interview. So I want to introduce to you, uh, this is Aaron Redfield um, and Blair Fabry. And so Aaron, uh, we've gotten to know each other the past couple of years and our kids play together. And uh, when we, when Jen and I were talking about like getting some people together and having more of a panel or a conversation around the idea of hearing the voice of God, these are the two names that came up quickest for different reasons. Uh, so Aaron is has become a dear friend and what has i think linked our hearts more than anything is a sensitivity uh, to the holy spirit that he possesses and he and he does it in a unique way Um, aaron's not a full-time pastor or doesn't uh, participate in like a vocational ministry in a traditional sense Um, but is is his life is in the arts. So as, as a drummer and spending a lot of time in LA and San Diego and being around an industry that is oftentimes marked um, by some really strong cultural voices, um, he carries an awareness and a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit um, that many people disregard. And so that juxtaposition of being around in intense environments, um, yet maintaining a soft heart to what God is doing. Um, and I've, I've seen the action has been very impactful for me. Um, and so um, him and his wife, Kelly, have this really beautiful ministry to musicians and artists and creatives um, uh, to the point that it's even in their, their home. It's what they do in their heart. And so um, I always love uh, what God is showing Aaron um, and, and Blair we've known each other for a long time since like 2008 and uh, and so we've had dozens of conversations over the years about this subject and a few years ago Blair went and studied um, at Talbot and got her degree in spiritual formation is now a spiritual director um, and spends her life uh, interacting in this space of what is, what is God doing, not only in your life, but in other people's lives. Um, and the insight that she has shown me um, as a pastor, as a friend, as a follower of Jesus, have been, has been profound. Um, and so there is, uh, both of them have gone, have gone through a tremendous amount in their life uh, that has the potential for them to um, grow hard or cynical, but they both chosen the opposite. They both have chosen to continue to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what God's doing. And so um, I'm excited for the next few minutes for just to, for you to hear a little bit less from me, more from them, but have a conversation around this, this topic of hearing the voice of God. Uh, last week, we began this series talking about this famous passage um, in the Old Testament called the Shema. Shema is the word for hear or listen, and it is uh, the most prayed prayer um, uh, in the Hebrew Bible. 
And so Jews today still pray this. Jesus prayed this often. And uh, a mentor of mine, Mark Slomka, who um, Blair, you know, uh, actually after hearing last week's sermon, sent me this quote from a book I'm actually reading right now by Viktor Frankl, A Man's Search for Meaning, which is such a profound book. Um, and he reminded me of this part in the book. I just wanted to read this to you. And for those of you who don't know the book, this is written from a Jewish doctor who was in Auschwitz and different concentration camps and became uh, one of the people who survived that. And while he was there as a doctor, it ends up becoming more of a, of a psychiatrist, uh, studies um, humanity and, and what the resilience that came from that and there's a part in the book, and uh, I just wanted to read this to you. It says, I had to undergo, this is him talking, and, and overcome the loss of my mental child. And now it seemed as if nothing and no one would survive me, neither a physical nor a mental child of my own. So I found myself confronted with the question whether under such circumstances my life was ultimately void of meaning. Not yet did I notice that an answer to this question with which I was wrestling so passionately was already in store for me. And the soon thereafter, this answer would be given to me. This was the case when I had to surrender my clothes and turn in inherited um, the worn out rags of an inmate who had already been sent to the gas chambers instead of the many pages of my manuscript, um, which he had lost his life's work. I found in a pocket of the newly acquired coat quote, one single page torn out of a Hebrew prayer book containing the most important Jewish prayer, Shema Israel. How should have I interpreted such a coincidence other than a challenge to live my thoughts instead of merely putting them on paper? The Hebrew language is the only glue which holds together our scattered bones. It holds together the rings and the chains of time that binds us to those who built the pyramids, to those who shed their bloods on the ramparts of Jerusalem, to those who burned on stakes or died in the gas chambers, all cried out, Shema Israel. And it's that, that prayer, and he's quoting the opening line, listen, Israel. Uh, and for him in that unbelievably horrific dark moment, found those words to be the glue that held not only him together, but his people. There's something so profound that God speaks and we get to listen. And so uh, with that in mind, uh, this topic for me is not just a theme we want to explore. This may be one of the most foundational things we could ever talk about um, is what does it look like? To hear the voice of God. Um, so I want to just kind of begin with you guys just to share personally, what, what, is, what does that look like for you? What it, when I, you hear that phrase, hearing the voice of God or listening to God, how does that take place in your life? And Blair, maybe we can start with you. Well, I think for me, listening is more than hearing. So I think sometimes when we think hearing or listening is our ears. And I think that's part of it, but I think it's really listening with our whole being. Hmm. It's listening with our mind, it's listening with our heart, it's listening with our bodies. And so when I think about how listening to God shows up in my life, um, the phrase that I kind of 
know, it captures it maybe as living on the lookout hmm. and paying attention, like you mentioned last week, listening and paying attention and then following through with that. And so for me, I think um, first it, I have to know what I'm listening for. Um, who am I looking to listen to? So the scriptures inform me about who God is. So by his character, those are the things I'm looking for to see him. So um, I have different practices that I've done over the course of my life. But I think for me is um, showing up and paying attention and paying attention to um, people, circumstances, my own intuition, but it always starts with um, grounded in who God is and how he speaks. So I know how to determine if that's his voice, if that's a voice of the past, that's my own voice, because I've come to realize his voice sounds like no other voice. <laughs> so I have a really like active inner critic voice. And so I know God's voice is always one of love, one of truth. Wow one of patience, one of gentleness, even when it's a voice of correction, it's an experience of correction, it's always moving toward union with him. So if there's, so that's kind of, and it's a practice. I mean, I think showing up is just probably that showing up to God, showing up to the scriptures, showing up in relationship. That's kind of, I would say, where the, the input's coming from more than just like a sound, that wow. makes sense. So I love what you mentioned, that like God's voice doesn't sound like any other voice. So do you, I mean, do you feel like you have grown over time in your awareness of like, oh, that's God's voice versus absolutely. the beginning? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's cultivated. It's a cultivated knowing. And just like any other relationship, if you spend time with that person, you've listened to that person, mm. you've encountered that person. If they come into the room, oh, I know who that is. Like, you know, right. the different voices of your children. Right. You would know different voices of your roommates. And so the only way to be able to discern that is to have heard their voice and to spend time with them. And you can learn to see, oh, is that a happy voice? Is that a distressed voice? Um, so there's no substitute with time and, and interaction. And so because we can't see God, um, and it is his um, ongoing, consistent desire that he shows himself to us. And again, you start in the scripture of um, knowing what he sounds like mm -hmm. by his exchange with people. Wow. So I think that's for me um, kind of where it starts, but I had to learn that because mostly I heard my own critical voice. And I assigned that to God because I thought I had to like shape up. So the criticalness of try harder, be better seemed to align with how I initially understood God. Do you feel like you had to, un maybe even things you assumed were God? Absolutely. And you had to kind of unlearn those things like, oh, God doesn't speak like, it's not congruent with his character. It's not congruent. And he, so I guess the visual I might use, um, it's kind of like I have a committee in, in my head. <laughs> and this critical part used to sit at the head of the table. And uh, these other voices and these other influences may have a chance, but it was kind of in so. <clears throat> as I uh, followed Christ and learned more about him and how he's interacted in the scripture in my own life, 
It's like, my desire is that he's the head of the table and these other voices, we, we join in a conversation, but he's the one who is the primary leader and speaking to and with me. Wow. But it's been a lot of, a lot of process. And I think peeling off other voices, early wow. experiences, yeah. and um, also checking with how God speaks to other people. Hmm. And that's been helping me discern like the voice of the Father in that. Hmm. Oh, with that in mind, Aaron, what does that look like for you? Like when I, you know, interacting with God, hearing his voice, sensing his leading, what does that look like in your life? Mm. Um, the shepherd's voice. Um, it's, it's comforting. It's um, that rod and that staff. I always had a picture just as I became a believer of, of the shepherd taking the, the arch of the staff and just gently leading the, the sheep back into the fold. And um, did you always sense that was a good gentle leading? His or dealings with me have just been like, um, I mean, it's just amazing. Wow. So sweet. Has that, has that been did you start following Jesus a little bit later on in life? When I was 19. So yeah, just 19. like, yeah, really like. Oh, was that immediate? Like you just sensed that, um, that essence? Like just a, a yeah, just a very clear, like plucking yeah. out of a just like really turbulent, dark um, world. And just a very, um, very clear calling. It's like you are mine. Wow. And I set you apart for me. Because I played I played music at a young age. Yeah. So in bars and clubs, like at a young age, so 13. And um, just all that, that entailed. I mean, great experiences. And then just <laughs> from a young age, just things I should not have been experiencing like so wow. radically. So um, without going into testimony stuff, um, just the contrast of that space and then God just like pulling me out and just like how he, how he dealt with me has always just been um, so other. Mm. It's not even, um, I really appreciate uh, your articulating um, <laughs> the committee and I, there's an element that I absolutely get of that, but um it's just so other. Mm -hmm. um, my story is so uh, yeah, voices were just so different and so so kind of dark that it's very easy for me to hear the, the voice of God. It's, it's gentle, small. Um, I just have this awareness like, yeah, you're hearing something that's in that fashion and even a young age spiritually in my journey it's just like it should align with the word it's not going to be anything that's going to be like outside of and so with those two bumpers as my like guide it was not too difficult to just 
playing out what he was wanting. Right. I think that kind of famous analogy of when they're trying to teach people how to identify counterfeit money. Yeah. They like put them around real money. Yeah. And they become so comfortable with how that feels and yeah. things like that. So yeah. rather than pointing out all these other counterfeit voice or counterfeit, you know, currencies and money, there's something so distinct about the real thing mm-hmm. that if you know that enough and, and for you, like almost kind of having that reversal of just like you, there's all of these different voices and then God starts showing up and you start paying attention to that voice and it's like, oh, this is unlike anything. Yeah. And just authenticity <laughs> is just like, yeah, yeah, just so authentic and um, uh, very connected to um I don't know. I just feel like his Holy Spirit has been just the most precious friend. Mm-hmm. It's just been this like really sweet um, coupling. Yeah. How much, I'm curious for you guys, and this may have changed over time, how much do you have to engage versus how much do you think God is just like speaking all the time? Like how... What's your role in being able to hear God's voice? Or is it just always there and loud and clear? Or do you have to shift or change things in order to hear that? Uh, Well, I think um, God is always speaking because he's always wanting to move toward us. And his desire is for communion with us. So I think he's always speaking if you will, always moving toward us. And I think our responsibility is just to receive. I don't think there's a striving. Um, There can be an effort in the sense of expressing desire, um, presenting ourselves in the way of God, help, here I am. So opening our hearts to him. So I think it's more of a receptive posture than anything striving just like other relationships if you want to have a relationship with somebody you need to spend time with them Um, you want to hear what they have to say Um, but a healthy relationship is can we just hang out can we just like be side by side as opposed to across from each other and there's something really beautiful about just being with god so i think by being with another you're affected by that And I also think from a practical perspective, there is disciplines, if you will. I mean, that's maybe a trigger word for some people, but (laughs) maybe it's about showing up. It's about putting yourself in a place, in a posture where you can connect. Mm. Yeah. So I think that there's, I mean, that's our responsibility, if you will. Mm. But I think it's really to say, hey, I want to have a relationship with you, God. I want to hear from you. I want to know you. I want to know what you think about me. I want to know um, who you say that I am. I want to know who you are. Hmm. So I think that's a, like another relationship. You have to spend time on a regular basis. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cultivated. Cultivated. It's not like magic where yeah. you just like, you know, somebody has some magic. You don't really understand. It's really cool. And it's, it feels magical sometimes, but it's not magic. It's a real relationship. Yeah. I think it's important to point out. And someone I think maybe just needs to hear that. This is not magic. It's not some sort of, um, I think a lot of times 
spirituality can be confused with superstition. Mm -hmm. And superstition is, it's this like unbeknownst thing and you're trying to not upset it or trying to do something and I get this response. And, mm -hmm. and the spirituality presented to us in scripture is, is highly relational, which makes it very normal mm -hmm. in a sense and so i think sometimes we move from more magical thinking into more relational thinking mm -hmm. um, when it comes to and i love that because i think even the phrase listening to god hearing god it, it creates like a, a single dimension mm -hmm. um, but one thing that you said i love it is that god is clearly through the story arc of scripture which culminates in the person of jesus christ god god is just moving towards us mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, yeah, it's good. It, I think obviously there is an openness and a responsiveness that we can have. We talked about that even last week, but I think it'll never come close to God's movement towards us. That there's definitely, he's doing the heavy lifting, you know, of the, of the communication here. Um, what do you think, Darren? Do you, have you found that for you hearing and interacting with God is that come natural or do you ebb and flow based on like certain heart postures or i'm learning i'm really it's just a learning process but um as a creative i mean i see him all around and um mm. and i'm just like mindful and as a fairly newer dad you know our oldest is seven um just again like being introduced to the wonder through their eyes um, is always, um, I'm just constantly reminded. So in this time of, you know, being a dad and, um, and as a creative during COVID, just figuring out like what it looks like to, to provide for our family. Um, there are plenty of opportunities to be distracted and just like, find yourself hustling or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, wonder is always, almost always connected to, love um, to that hearing, um, strangely breathing for me is like a, a very, um, cathartic practice in, in hearing. Mm -hmm. Um, in our culture, we don't, pay mind to to breathing um mm. in cultures around the world it's like uh, i mean it's it's major it's up there mm -hmm. and i assume yeah. you like really deep breathing nothing like i don't know no mystery in it but just the practice of like just really deep inhales mm. like very slow exhales and in that just making it um, a meditation of sorts and just speaking um, to God, and that is a, a more regular rhythm that I've um, found that He meets me in, mm -hmm. and is the, it's the beginnings of of me just kind of like um, coming to Him and mm -hmm. just like Father, I'm here. Like, mm -hmm. what do you want to speak? And then through that, I just I'm breathing, and I just feel like He speaks to me. That's cool. Yeah, and I love. The thought of wonder, the thought of breath. I think what I love about hearing that, which was new for me later on in my walk with Jesus, is those are not transactional mm -hmm. elements. 
Um, I think so much of my early walk with Jesus, if I heard God, there was a transaction and, and like the, and then less communion. It was like, what's my marching orders? What do you want me to do? Which implies I'm not doing enough. Sure. And so I always would, you know, wait for, okay, what's going on? I have some pretty significant moments in my life where I think the correction of the Holy Spirit in my life was away from that mm-hmm. and, and into um, delight and wonder and awareness of his presence, its relationship, right, that at its best. Um, you know, I think about my relationship with Jen and, and there's times where we need to like talk about calendar and we need to talk about like, okay, what, who's dropping off who at school. Um, and then there's, there's times where, um, we get to take a walk and we get to like hold hands or we get to, you know, go on a trip together. And, and those times the goal is almost, it's not transactional. It's just presence. Being versus doing. Totally. Yeah. And that's. That has been some of my later revelation in hearing yeah, God's voice. It's like, oh, God just wants, is okay with just being with me. Yeah. Not as like uh, a byproduct, but like almost the, yeah, the yeah. primary, I would say the primary purpose. It's not that there aren't times that God tells us to do something or surrender something, or but the... The abiding kind yeah, of... Yeah. Like, I think for me, the like taking up the, like the breathing, for me, I discovered... Um, such freedom in creation and that I can just it's probably the place where I feel most accepted by God Wow where I can just go out whether it's like the forest the beach even my backyard just to feel accepted and I think there's something to mother nature I never put it together Um, but the idea of being accepted as God's creature that he loves and everything in nature is just being what it is. The butterfly is not trying to be a bumblebee. The pine isn't bummed that it's not a rose bush. And just to be received in how I am and who I am wow. is just um, so freeing and I feel so loved by being able to be received in that way. And I think God speaks to me often wow. in that way. Again, not as a transactional, like I'm going out there to problem solve but I'm going out there to be loved. Yeah. And he speaks through, I mean, the intricacies, the purpose, the intention, the beauty just does something to my soul. And I just wanna, um, yeah, I think you just, you said something right now, but I just feel like, again, I, even, even now we're trying to practice this, that maybe there's someone who's watching this right now and just that imagery of, um, I said a sense in my heart that there's someone here that just is hearing this and you are exhausted mm. because you you don't know how um, to let God just receive you as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you've spent your life trying to become someone else or a version of yourself that you would feel would finally be accepted um, by God. And, and, and you're, you're right, I think that is... Yeah, what a what a mark of of maturity, or uh, when you when that can you can be overcome by that, and I think that that's you know what a what a 
I think what if there is a if there is a goal in hearing God's voice, I think that could be one of them is just to know what it's like to be accepted and beloved um, by the Father. It's so huge, and and you're right. I, I, even when I'm gleaning from you guys, and by the way, this was not rehearsed, so like this is the real time stuff happening. I just keep thinking about the verses it talks about like, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, Romans one talks about all creation is speaking to God's goodness. That it is a, um, and that's why you know even the phrase hearing the voice of God is really not a great phrase for even for what we're talking about because it's so much more multisensory. It's multi. Um, it's more holistic mm-hmm. that it it engages our our full being. Um, that God is moving towards us. And yes, I think there is a listening element to that, but so much broader than that. So good. And like that there's also, um, just bring up, like, why would you want to hear the voice of God if wow, you thought question. he was a tyrant? If you're experience with him was anything other than what we're talking about if you're not coming from a place of trust or a place of um just wonder that a, a there's a god that um created you that wants to have anything to do with you <laughs> um we don't live in that space mm-hmm. unless we are found by god or in such a desperate way that we just come to him just so destitute mm-hmm. and then find that, oh, the relationship, um, wow, like he is trustworthy, he is faithful. Um, and <laughs> yeah, just similar sense of like, yeah, there's people that don't. He is all those things. And, uh, <laughs> so sweet, it's out there. Ask. Yeah. And just like, no, um, not contrived. Mm-hmm. doesn't need anything mm-hmm. from us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just feel like we're so conditioned in this time in a very desperate, uh, highly pressured time just feel like we have to perform right and um, that's so like not your experience that you're talking about Mm -hmm. just so speaks of just like wow like just like creative and just abundant and Mm -hmm. like what is that (laughs) that is god well it's like no other yeah, he is like no other. Yeah. I mean, he's knowable and completely unknowable wow. because he's so other. Yeah. And that's uh, part of the whole mystery and beauty and like awesomeness yeah. and also sober-mindedness. It's, it's so radical. Yeah. So that idea, anybody listening, just like, really just seems... Like, what is all this flowery talk? Like, emo, <laughs> just like emotional 
Babel, um, he is all these things. He's knowable, he's searchable. Um, yes, he's mysterious and wild, but will speak your language. Yeah, to us and so Sus- individually. Simply and succinctly. And, yeah. and I think that's a great, that is a great point. And maybe you guys can even, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll finish up here in just a couple minutes. But I think one thing that would be important is what about people who, who feel like they're hearing this and um, we enjoy talking about it. Like, I'm being moved and brought to tears like it's okay. Um, I'm thinking about the person who might just be like, well, I don't know if, I don't know if I consider myself like a highly emotional person. Is this for me? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very Neither. pragmatic, you know, <laughs> like, well, what, so what's the, so I, if you guys maybe want to speak to what does it look like um, with different personality types, even different ages? Mm-hmm. Um, I think talking to some of my friends of different ethnicities, mm-hmm. um, like there is, I think someone was so wild is that God, this is for everyone, yet everyone's so unique. So what is, you know, maybe speak to that a little bit. Like what, what happens if you, you feel like, oh, this is for some people, or, but what about? Yeah, you want to start on that one, Aaron? Sure. Um, I would encourage them to um, find that space uh, where there is as little distraction as possible. For some, that's the ocean. For some, that is in their car. <laughs> For some, that is just a, a very confined space, uh, someplace that's very comfortable where they just aren't going to be distracted or um, confronted just by things that they're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when that happens, um, when you can find that place, be in that place, um, just that humble asking, that simple asking mm-hmm. that again, there's just no mystery in it. <laughs> the peek behind the curtain is just a very um, real ask, mm. emotional um, <laughs> or not. Yeah. Um, he speaks our language. He mm-hmm. spoke wow. my language. And I was the guy that was just like, I have nothing to do with Christianity. It's like so goofy. Like I don't want that. <laughs> I know who you are, God. <laughs> what? Wow. And I don't no thanks. And then just like no. You had an idea about who I was that was informed by people that didn't know me. Yeah. This is who I am. And <laughs> yeah, he speaks. I love that. He he's, he speaks your language. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And absolutely. And how how God has showed up in unthinkable amounts of cultures in different times and throughout history, and He just continues to speak absolutely. that language to that person. It's pretty profound. It's very and it profound. seems presumptuous to say like, yeah, just do this, but it is a very simple. It's yeah. like, um, it's not it's in, really the, in the turbulent 
tumultuous yeah. madness. Yeah. <laughs> well, the quiet. Yeah. yeah. I guess I would say, you know, the similarly, like the practice of whatever that looks like, where you feel most in tune with yourself, putting yourself in that space. And in terms of, um, I would just say to somebody, have confidence in who you are, that God will speak to you. Mm. And that how he created you, like you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You were stitched together in your mother's womb with purpose, with intention. There's no one on the planet like you. And God knows that. Mm. And so there's, you can have great confidence and hope that God will speak to you, has been speaking to you. And you don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to do a practice that's somebody else that really asks, God, I want to hear from you. And if you're very cerebral, he will speak to you in that mode. If you're very intuitive, or you're very creative, <clears throat> or you're um, young, or you're old, that we can have a lot of confidence. And I think that's just not like an opinion, but if you look at the, like you say, the arc of the scripture, there are so many different instances of the way God spoke. If he spoke through creation, he spoke through a donkey. He spoke through children. He spoke through all ranges of people mm. in all different you know, languages or communication styles. So um, it isn't like a bait and switch or you have to you know, rub the, the lantern three times. I mean, there's no yeah. superstition. Yeah. I think it's desire. Mm. And I think it's desire. And if there's a frustration or God seems silent to you, I think that's a great thing to tell others. Yeah. And sometimes when I've been in places where I can't hear God, I've asked other people, will you, will you pray? Will you meet with me on, mm. on, on my behalf? Or will you listen for me and with me? That's good. That's good. Um, yes. Because sometimes maybe I can't, or there's things in my, my life that are blocking that. And so we can hear for one another. Yeah. And that's the process of discernment with others. Yeah. And I think that um, there's a lot of affirmation in that. But be confident in who you are. Be bold in who you are. Own who you are. And I think that really mm. will open up the capacities to hear. But I think when we're like insecure and feeling bad about, well, I'm not like them, then that can actually inhibit our hearing. Yeah, that's Do either thinking. you have an instance where you, um, like just a brief story of what it looks like to hear something from God and then like, walk it out and what that looked like? That's a great question. Um, well, I think that's a great question, Aaron, about um, what's something recent. And um, I think for me, um, I had watched church online probably for most of the last year, came to church intermittently for lots of different reasons. And I felt like as I was sitting with the Lord, what am I doing about community? Where do I fit? And um, just the nature of church has changed. And so I really felt like the Lord spoke to me about um, maybe going to church isn't about what you're getting, but maybe it's about your presence matters to other people. And it never occurred to me because I was like, well, how am I gonna meet people and what is this for me? And, and so that felt like a really gentle leading and so I felt not a um, criticism, but actually a reinforcement and encouragement to go and trust me in this. 
And so I kind of made a deal, <laughs> which, which I'm a little embarrassed to say, because it's like we're talking about not being transactional. But I kind of said, OK, God, I'm committed for three months. And we'll, we'll talk again like July 11th. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I mean, that's just honest. But it feels like a real relationship. Like, let's do this, and then we'll revisit it. That is very real. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. And um, so I'm living on the lookout to continue to hear from the Lord in this and pay attention to how he might be meeting me in this and what comes up for me and what my experience is like. Hmm. And checking in with him and we'll have a formal conversation in July. (laughs) I love it. So good. Yeah, I think that there's... um, I'll tell a story that kind of combines our, our last two topics. One is if you're different, an example for me that someone is different for me has been my dad. So my dad's a lawyer, um, very intelligent. And growing up, it was, we were just very, very different. Um, but he, he prioritized hearing from God. And, and matter of fact, moved our entire family from Phoenix to San Diego when I was a kid because he felt like God called him to pursue being a judge and go to law school, and he did just that. Um, and I didn't realize it later, but most of my life trajectory has hinged on these moments where God has said, either this season is done, it's time to go here, um, or one or the other, it's done, season's done and I don't know what's next. Or, and I would respond to those. And so, um, you know, everything from the college I went to, the woman I married, which now means the kids I've had, the churches I've pastored have been in response to these moments of just like this is where I think God's leading me and what I didn't realize is that I have that was ingrained in me since a child because I watched my dad who's very different than me model that Mm -hmm. um my dad I tend to be a little lean more towards being a creative and in tune with emotions my dad's probably he's more pragmatic and by the book and in in all those ways it watching that thing has transpired a lot of my life. But I think the thing I'd want to say is it doesn't just have to be like big things like where do I go to college? Who do I marry? Uh, What's, you know, do I take this job promotion or do I, you know, do I move wherever? Um, A lot of times we think that God speaks only in the big moments. And I think a lot of times, um, they'll be like just little things throughout the day of, hey, you're about to do this thing that you've heard. Just why don't you pause for a little bit and rest? Or there, I, I sense a lot even with my kids, like I tend to be very active and trying to get things done. And then last night um, I was listening. Uh, we just got a chess board off, mm-hmm. like offer up. And so I would teach my kids how to play chess and, and I'm hearing uh, Jubilee, our nine-year-old, just say, Dad, you come play chess with me. And I, um, and there's something going on where I was like, okay, I, have, I had to finish that. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, stop and just go play chess with your daughter. And there was no like magical end of that story of like, and then the heavens opened up. It was just like, okay. You know, she may, well, maybe she'll never remember that. It's not like, but it was just like, Okay, mm-hmm. you know, my my inner voice is telling me to get stuff done, right? But the spirit of God in me is saying like, go be with your daughter, 
Mm -hmm. and, and so I think it could be everything from big directional things, just a little, yeah. you know, moments throughout your day. Yeah, practical. So, Dreams, sometimes. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, friends. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes, like I said, the wonder of vastness of <laughs> just seeing the horizon up on the coastline and this like, yeah. wow. I mean, the trajectory of our life was changed completely from going up to the Sequoia Mountains. God just kind of showing me what he wanted to do with the people that I've worked with for the last 20 years. Wow. Just breaking my heart for them, giving me like visions of specific faces. And um, it wasn't, a, uh, I mean, <laughs> it was supernatural in yeah. a lot of ways, but it wasn't um, like a science fiction movie. <clears throat> Yeah. It was very sweet and very humbling and very, um, it, was, it was vast. Yeah. Just like, I want to do this thing. Didn't tell me how, didn't anything. Just kind of showed me this picture. And then three years later, we find ourselves on three acres. And, and he walked us through the buying of the house. And then um, COVID happened. And then we're like, did we hear right? Like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And whoever's out there, I, this was said, and it always stuck with me. Um, just don't forget in the darkness what God so clearly showed you right. in the light. Right. And, um, and it's not to be trite. That's just such an honest place. God's spoken mm. to you. Write it down. Give yourself a voice memo. Yeah. Um, and revisit it. Because there's a time and a place that he is going to bring those things to pass mm. and he does not mess around <laughs> he, yeah. is he is faithful and, um, and he's just, a, such a rerouter i mean sometimes you know you see that little circle and it's like that reminds me of god the rerouting because mm -hmm. he we're not gonna if we think we're supposed to go right and and really left was the path he'll reroute us in love yeah, yeah. you can't really go wrong with seeking god and there's no, and I, and I would say too, the scripture too is very clear on our behaviors, on how to live our life, how we treat one another. You know, we need like a spe special, um, I mean, I think that's so cool about God. He gives us like people like your dad who are more cerebral or intellectual mm -hmm. and how the word speaks to them in a way that is as maybe, maybe some more emotionally in tune people will feel an intuitive sense of God mm. and others maybe feel a more um, thoughtful or principled way. And he's always, he, he, because you can't go wrong because he's always moving toward us. Yeah. He's always wanting to speak. He'll never stop speaking. Sometimes we can't hear him. You know, it's like the frequency is a little off, yeah. but we can count on that and we can rest in that and we don't have to worry about it or, we can just count on God, which is so, um, it, there's just so much rest in that yeah. and hope in that. Yeah. And lastly, I, I just think that he just, he remembers our he frame. Remembers he remembers that we're just dust. Our frame and that we're dust. And we're it does dust. not surprise him. Beloved dust. I think there's so many times it's just like, yeah, he spoke to me about this and like, I just wrecked it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just like 
ruined the painting. And <laughs> just crack open your Bible. Blair <laughs> yeah. so beautifully reminded me like, hey, you know what? I was just sharing something. You've been in our lives in such a in our lives in such an instrumental, beautiful way. And I was just sharing with her during a time with their family, just like, I mean, I just don't know. Like, I don't see it. Like, I, you know, spoke this word. She's like, you're in really good company. Just like, just pick any page you want and you're going to find yourself mm -hmm. in some of the most <laughs> instrumental yeah. characters in the Bible. And it's just like, ah. Uh, in right. spite of us, God doesn't need us. Yeah. It's his joy to just like work through our brokenness. So good. So good. Well, man, I hope that you, wherever you are, whenever you're watching this, you'd feel encouraged to um, open yourself up to this, to hearing God. And maybe you've never done this before. Maybe you've done this and you have grown hardened by it maybe this is part of your everyday life and this is just stirring you on but but our hope is that this generated hope mm -hmm. in you um to listen and plead into god um, one of the things i just wanted to highlight blair is actually going to be leading um kind of half day retreat and um that will revolve around this so if you're just like if you're hearing this and you're like i i hear it i still feel like i need something um, we're going to be having details really soon on when that is, where that is. Uh, but that would be a great next step for you, especially if this is something that you have felt stuck in or this feels new to you. I would highly recommend um, you just watching uh, for those details and making it a priority to be there. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for uh, being with us in this conversation and excited for what uh, God has next. We're going to spend some time worshiping right now. Um, and as we do, uh, maybe grab a journal and, and, and sit down and just as worship is being sung, engage with what the Holy Spirit might be wanting to speak to you. Um, and uh, and uh, that was just great advice. It's a voice memo journal. Make sure you write down what God's sharing with you and, and look back at those things. And God's faithfulness will just continue to show up. So um, again, thank you, Aaron and Blair, for being here today. Thanks for joining us here at the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit our website, lightsandiego.com.